The podcast which you are about to hear is politically incorrect and offensive. The opinions expressed by the three assholes recording it are done so solely for comedy purposes. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Whiskey Reel. Four and three and two and one. No reason, no conscience, no understanding, and even the most rudimentary sense of good or evil. If what you say is true, the Shaolin and the Wu-Tang could be dangerous. Your mother sucks big fucking elephant dicks. Got that? Come on now, dog. You know I give you the mad, fat, superfly, stupid, dope, dumbass, retarded, bomb shit props. Take a big step back and literally fuck your own face! Yeah, yeah. I, I... <laughs> Some Hetfield for you? I like that. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, luckily, we're at the point of human history where nothing is happening. There's nothing. literally nothing to talk about. Zero. And that's fine. That's fine. We're post-midterms. You all know we like to dip our toe into the socio-political zeitgeist to sure. start off the program. And there's some interesting stuff going on. Um, I've recently delved into NFTs. Oh, have you? Are you going, uh, what is it, Yacht Ape? I, <laughs> Are you going Yacht Ape? Well, first of all, I had someone teach me what an NFT was. A non-fungible token? A non-fungible token. It, it, that cleared up nothing. <laughs> so... The reason we're bringing this up. Well, why don't we do this? Oh, well, let's explain what this is in reference to. Bobby, why don't you explain what this is in reference to? And then to the best of your super IT computer brain ability, you can try to explain what an NFT is. Because I've watched at least an hour and a half of explanation on it. And I'm kind of not sure I get it yet. Sure. Okay. So what is what is happening in the world of NFTs? Well, in the world of NFTs, <laughs> a the big bomb. The big news this week. <laughs> as we record this, uh, a couple of days ago, former president Donald fuck Trump, yeah, um had a huge announcement to make. Huge, huge. A huge, huge. announcement. And that's our train, guys. Yeah. Can you hear that? We have a train Can in you hear the Durangi. Train? Jesus Christ. Obnoxious. It's, a, it's exhausting. <laughs> can't even with this train anymore. Can't even with this train. Um, his big announcement Yod. was that he was going to have um, tradable NFTs of himself. <laughs> They're playing cards. They're playing cards. <laughs> And it's like Donald Trump as a superhero. Oh, my God. Yeah. I like my favorite Go was on. Donald Trump as in a three-piece tux from the 20s. Oh, God damn. Miraculous. So good. So good. So good. Yeah. By the way, flying off the shelves. Fly. It That is so not unexpected. No. There's going to be. Of there, course. Okay. So back up. His huge announcement after after declaring his 
you know, run for president again. He's disappeared for a month. He's basically been hidden away in Mar-a-Lago for a month. Hasn't done a single thing. Everybody's been wondering what the fuck is happening. He announces his presidency, then disappears. So he comes back about a week ago and goes, I'm going to have a huge announcement. It's going to be huge. He does his bullshit car salesman thing. So everybody's like, oh shit, is he going to announce a running mate? Is he going to, uh, you know, shit on DeSantis again? Like what's going to happen and he comes back <laughs> with I have NFT playing cards. Yes. That you for $99 and as an added bonus you could win a round of golf at any one of my beautiful golf courses that the best or and I'm 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 quoting not paraphrasing you can win a dinner an amazing dinner with Donald Trump which he said might not be amazing to you, but that's all we got. Yeah. <laughs> and if and if if he's not a salesman, wow. I don't know who is. Um, so yeah, he made NFTs like everybody in the world. It's he's about a year behind. He is. Um NFTs is kind of gone the way of the dodo, um, much like cryptocurrency will. Thank you very much. Uh but these are hundred dollar playing cards that you can own. Sure. Right? Uh, and you said they're flying off the shelves. They're selling for big numbers. Great. No, because they're buying them and then going online to rebuy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're on eBay or but, uh, whatever. But there are people buying these things for like 12 grand. Like, like they sure. are being which, which traded. Which is funny because in the world of NFTs, back in the day, there were NFTs going for a million, five mm-hmm. million. So 100%. the fact that they're only yep. going for 12 grand is kind of... He still has $150 million of PAC money that was supposed to go towards his Losses. fighting the 2020 elections and has stayed in his bank account <laughs> since then. So if he can still convince his sucker-ass retarded constituency (laughs) to fucking give him money, then go for it. Then go for it. If these suckers want to give away the retirement and anything they want to give, fine. Isn't that the sad part of this is that once again, the cynical world is going to take money from vulnerable citizens that are going to be um, early adopters of this just because they just... He's a thing that makes a lot of people in the world feel good. For whatever reason. For whatever fucking reason. Sure. I okay. don't get it. That's fine. I'm not going to talk shit on you. Right. I'm not going to call him retarded like what? you. I mean, there, there, there is a slow uptake, which is why I call it that. But you want to... Something yes. interesting. I want to run this by you because it's something I heard today that was very interesting. It's amazing to see how he idealizes himself in the context of these NFTs, he puts his stupid fat head on top of a literal jacked superhero. Yes. And the argument becomes this. He's so narcissistic and in certain degrees, definitely he's got some sociopathy, arguably. There have been people that have been watching his whole career that will will agree with everything that I'm going to say that are psychologists. He's got some definitive like personal um, disassociation and 
I believe he literally, when he looks in the mirror at that big, fat, soft, cho- fucking chewed bubblegum body, and he he sees Superman. Like, that's how he envisions himself. Yeah. this It's not like it's regular. He puts it on top of very svelte, in-shape characters. It's And I think in his brain, he literally sees himself like that. From the outside looking in as someone that is not a part of his cult, that is not a part of his following, I find it all very, very sad and troubling and like... Dangerous? Like... Very dangerous. <laughs> I mean, dude, sad and troubling like, could well, be. Is this really what you see when yeah. you think about yourself? That you've created your own cult of personality, that you're able to transport yourself as a superhero or a. Uh, I mean, just the just the idealization of it's silly enough. It's sad, but the people that buy it literally look at him as like that instead of what he is, which is a giant bowl of mashed potatoes. Yeah. That's all he is with weird I'm, hair. I'm pretty sure he was carved out of a stick of butter. <laughs> and then put 70, in a microwave for 30 seconds. 70 years ago. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is, man. Like, like this is just what we're dealing with now. But it, the, the used car salesman, he had Trump water, Trump steaks. They've all failed. All. Every business this Trump guy you. has touched has failed miserably. He's on his third wife he's had three bankruptcies and he's and and the his little acolytes still consider him this brilliant businessman i know and it's really interesting like no it, i it, it's very interesting to see how other people see him yeah because if you're just a based normal person with regular thought processes and common sense Obviously, there's so many chinks in the armor. What has this guy done to those that are, you know, middle income people from Alabama? Like, what are you seeing? What are you seeing? Is well, it a, is it a neurosis? Is it mass hypnosis? Like, what is it? it it's cult followership. I mean, it's, it's, it's classic cult, right? It's following in line with someone that is the charismatic leader, Jim Jones. There's another one. Which one? You brought this guy up. We talked about it earlier. Elon Musk has now become another one of these... Um, cult of personality. Cult of personality. There's so many Musk dick writers out there, and it's, I, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, we're talking about a guy that was raised by African or um, South racists, African racist who had blood emeralds. He inherited a lot of money. He borrowed a lot of money. Yeah. He has borrowed against the money that he's borrowed against oh, yeah. a million he's in times debt. over. He's in debt up to his fucking And I get position. it. Elon Musk has money, but his situation is one of... He has <laughs> contorted himself into a billionaire. Yeah, in a weird way. In right? a weird way. In a weird way. He bought technology that wasn't his. I'm not his. saying he's not smart. I know he's he's I, not a dumb man. I think he may be smart in certain regards. I, I think we're looking at street smart versus book smart. I don't think that guy knows markets to save his life. He has a, a, a he has a whole space program that's never earned him a cent. Never. Which I'm sure he's collecting some um, subsidies from from yes. the government. So this is all a big shell game. This is a con game. He bought Tesla. That technology he didn't develop. He took it 
and transformed it. And that's all well and good, but everything from his um, self-driving vehicles to his Tesla tank or truck, like all these little announcements he made never come to fruition. He does a big announcement on AI, haven't seen anything, neural net, haven't seen anything. anything. And all these people keep investing, keep investing under the guise of him being some sort of wonderkind. A visionary. Yeah, visionary. And we all saw it. We all kind of bought into like, oh, well, maybe initially, Elon, maybe Elon Musk could be that guy. Initially. And then we're like, oh. Well, going, taking this point further, further, the whole reason we're seeing, you know, the emperor without clothes is Twitter. He buys Twitter overvalued by best estimates are 15 to 12 billion dollars he overbuys on on twitter without the capital to buy it he borrows that money subsequently has to sell off a ton of tesla stock to keep it going fires everybody it's been one misstep after another misstep and he buys this under the notion that he's going to be a free speech absolutist so no matter what you're doing Mm -hmm. you get to be on twitter Subsequently puts back on Trump. He puts out a poll for for Trump. Trump wins by one point from the from the pollers. And based on that, he puts him back on. Now there's no troth essential. Yeah. Um he puts back on Kanye, subsequently takes him down a week later. Yep. Uh he's putting back on all these people. So great. Free speech, right? Let's go. Let's go. Everybody's back on. Let's go. Yesterday. He fucking, yesterday, we find out a couple days ago, there was a Twitter person, it was actually a kid, that is posting or tweeting all the locations of where his jet is going. Now where his car is going. He And by the way, this is all common knowledge. This is not really considered doxing. No. This is stuff you could look up outside of Twitter and find out for yourself. So he... Fucking completely destroys that handle, right? The Elon Jet handle is gone. A bunch of reporters, and we're talking Washington Post, we're talking New York Times, we're talking um, IDG, we're talking all these like really reputable people, fucking Keith Olbermann, Matt Bender, like guys that are really like in the know when it comes to this type of stuff. He suspends their accounts the day after because they provided a link not to his jet, but just to the person who got banned. So now we're banning people that are following following a banned Twitter handle. Yeah. But he's a free speech absolutist. Oh. Like this is turning he it's interesting. It's like watching a fucking castle fall brick by brick. Yeah. Right? Like stone by stone. It's really interesting. Like you're you're obviously involved in the tech world. And I, I said to you, it would be great if somebody provided the same things that Twitter provided at the same level. Because there is huge value to it by virtue of yeah. world communication. As soon as that person is able to bring forth a platform of that magnitude, I don't think Twitter has very many followers yet. Yeah, and there was a lot of consternation about Twitter from the get-go, like what it would be, what it represented, 
what were we doing to the way we communicate with each other? Right. 140 characters. And this, this is only you know, 20 years ago. 20 years ago. Yeah. yeah. And it's become a successful platform in some regard. And everyone of note is on Twitter. They use it as a marketing tool. They use it as a networking tool. Of information. Um, it's just passing along information, yeah. right? There's not a lot of platforms that do that right now, but there's a couple. You mentioned Mastodon earlier. That's, Which is the only the one that keeps getting brought up. Yeah. There's a new one now called Post.News, but there's a waiting list that they're still in beta. Right. They're not so, going to be able to uh, accumulate and yeah. provide service for I mean, the waiting list right people. now, I think, is at like 400,000 users. Chill. Like, uh, yeah. Like, there's a lot of people waiting. You can to get go on, on Truth Social. You know, you absolutely can, which <laughs> I never have. I've never done it. I, well, <laughs> it, and it's funny because back in the day when we were talking about when when Jack still owned it, when it was first gen Twitter, people were saying our our what we were chirping about was like, look, it's a private business. They can get rid of you for any reason they want. As a private business owner, if you walk into my store, I can tell you to just get out. As long as it's not discriminatory, as long as it's not objectionable to any sort of civil rights issue, I don't need to do business with you. And Twitter doesn't need to do business with you. So I'm not upset at the fact that he's banning what seems to be predominantly left. Yes. People, he's absorbing right and abandoning left. That's his decision as a business owner. I'm not going to ever say that he needs to do anything. This has never been a free speech issue. If you want free speech, get out on a corner with a megaphone, write an op-ed for a newspaper. There's ways to get your voice heard. It's not just social. It's just the most effective. And now that he's disassociating himself from left and absorbing right, the, like we say, it may be legal for you to say what you're saying, but there's going to be consequences. And we'll see if the world's consequences catches up with Elon Musk. Well, and before we move on, the one thing that happened behind the scenes um, of Donald Trump's <laughs> trading card <laughs> conquest. <laughs> his Pokemon? Is that he actually put out his platform for... Um, a freedom of speech platform. Okay. Which I think we have a constitution. So he's, he's, he's improving on the first amendment. That's what he wants. Oh, great. Great. So one of the things that he's proposed is a digital bill of rights, meaning they are going to put, they're going to codify the ability for the government to control what happens on private company servers. Isn't this a redux of the, what was that? What was the bill? 228 or I, I forget the name yeah. it's a number it, isn't this that bill redux yes, very much so okay. it, it it's going to give the government the right to say hey you're not allowed to kick people off of these digital platforms um, because you don't agree with their speech despite the fact that those are private entities right they own the servers sure they own, i mean twitter could do whatever it wants whatever the fuck they if want it wants, to do. if they want to go full neo-nazi they can they're just going to have to absorb the repercussions what happens is elon musk comes in and he takes over twitter and now all of a sudden i'm on my my feed or whatever and all i get is like right-wing networks that i don't even follow that's I don't, weird right? i don't i didn't choose 
I, to follow that shit. That's what I'm saying. And that's it's, what I get, right? Right. But it's his platform. He could do whatever the fuck and, he wants. And as users of the platform, it's your right not to use it. I just have decided I'm not going to use it. Good. I think because I, I, fuck that. I, I, and I understand it's, it's a very helpful tool when you're looking at headlines, when you're looking at world news, you follow the right people and you really feel like you have your finger on the pulse of what's going on in the world. Yeah. You follow the right people, but complete opposite side of the coin that also could be a detriment if you're following, you know, David Duke and Alex Jones and Steven Crowder and Ben Shapiro. You're in your own information silo. Well, there, and right? I, I will say this for Whiskey Reel purposes. We set up our Whiskey Reel Twitter account, which I think is still out there. But we set it up to follow those people like the, the Boberts and the Shapiros and for content and all those guys for content. We right. wanted to we see want to know what these idiots are doing. What are these dumb motherfuckers right. doing? Right. So we follow them and it's an exhausting <laughs> exercise. It's horrifying to go through all that. I you mean, know I, what I mean? I watch, it's an exhausting exercise to go through far left accounts. It's horrifying it can be, but there, times. but the, the, the degree of horror is different. It, it is. And it is. It, it's all... What would you consider far left? A notable personality that's far left. Who would you consider? Um, someone that's like prominent, like that yeah. actually posts a lot and is yeah. involved. I don't know. I mean, you get like tweets from far left people like Bernie Sanders is probably the prime example. Okay. Right? Someone that's active. Now, what he has to say doesn't like horrify That's me. what I mean. Nothing is abhorrent. I understand that, but it would be very abhorrent to someone on the right that doesn't want to see like that health kind of care discussion. for everybody, and you know, of course, it's disgusting. We all like fall into those these different camps. I understand. We retreat to our tribes, but like for me, that's not as horrible as as watching like Lauren Boebert talk about Jesus being involved in our government. Oh, like, for sure, of course. Well, but well, also you have to be cognizant, like. There's millions and millions and millions of people in this country that agree with Lauren Boebert and think that Jesus should be like running this government. Right. And they're just wrong. Uh, I don't think he's available. <laughs> I don't think I think he's. I don't think he's available. He's busy. He's pretty busy. He's busy. Being I, dead I, I think he has for, his. I think he's opening a dispensary I in mean, Idaho soon. Yeah. I mean, yeah. he died like over 2,000 years ago. So. so they say. So they say. I don't know. Yeah. JFK Jr. could still be alive, too. Yeah, apparently. We don't know. Apparently. We don't know. Lots uh, of people believe that. Last thing before we dip into introductions, for all of you out there that have a teenage person in their life that you are raising to be fine people, they probably have an app called TikTok. It seems to be, doesn't seem to be, it is, it is. the fastest growing social media platform in the world and it's dominated by people 12 to 22 it's a very specific there's people that are older that use it lots of people use it that are older um the senate just passed a bill and kicked it over to the house to eliminate tiktok as an app in america and the reasoning for that is chinese it's a chinese it's a controlled company is from china the funny part is <clears throat> China doesn't allow TikTok in China. <laughs> I know. Um, the point being, if this many eyeballs are going on something like this, 
it makes you kind of scratch your head and go, whoa. whoa. And it, there's a lot of issues with security and data collecting. These are all our young people here in the States. I don't really fall on one side or the other. I'm just very interested in the fact that our democratically led Senate signed on full fucking boner on this. Yep. It's it's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what's going to come of it, but you guys with teenagers might get your children back. Yeah. They'll no stop kidding. dancing in the middle of McDonald's together. I promise you they will. Yeah. But, TikTok is troubling in some ways from uh, just like a, a sociological standpoint. It's right. just like, well, wow, why are our kids just spending all their days fucking making TikToks? Yeah. I find that abhorrent. It's troubling. You know what I mean? But also, as a parent, you should fucking just control what the fuck your kids are doing. You have to monitor it. and There's ways to do it. But I'm just saying it's a very interesting thing. We have not seen a complete upheaval of a platform in the U.S. They've done it in other countries. But we've never seen something that is this big get completely shut down governmentally. No, we we haven't. And I'm sure... When it comes right down to it, what they're really the troubling part is has nothing to do with your kids. It has everything to do with information mining. Yeah, hundred percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, because yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. these platforms really make their money. Doing, All of them is just sell information. They All sell of them. your information. Thanks, Obama. Yeah, fucking Obama. <laughs> is that what you just said? <laughs> that was a great quote from Trump. Obama. Obama. Yeah, because he can't pronounce words. So, guys, welcome back. We're going to knock it off of that bullshit. We're going to get down to brass tax. Brass tax. Taxing brass. Because people like to tax brass. I've never understood what brass tax I'm, means. There's some weird der- derivation of the term, I'm sure. Go look it up. You're on a computer. I am. Guys, Welcome back. You're back to the whiskiest of reels and the riskiest of wheels. This is the whiskey reel. We're floating way, way, way above the mountain, the skylines. We're up above it in Cloud City. Because of Bobby, a lot of people have enjoyed our view. We've had tons of people come on to Judgment Day and enjoy the cloud city it's kind of nice it's kind of chill um we look down on you we judge you all that is our jobs i have entertained <clears throat> you have entertained at cloud city yeah yeah it's kind of like a weird gentleman's club that isn't gentlemanly you have no idea you have no idea <laughs> and we are we are having some really c plus booze we are Ooh, yeah, we'll some, yeah, we're having some boo cheese. Don't fault. worry about it. It's That's fine. My fault. It's fine. It, no, no, no. Nobody's fault. Anywho, we love you for coming back. Thank you so much. We will be recording next week and the week after because the way everything falls, Friday seemed to still be chill until I get my new uh, place of employment and then I will update you guys later. That being said, sitting across from me is Durango's finest cocksmith that's not true he's not not that's not true five years ago i could definitely say that now bobby has like clots and arrhythmia and like there's a lot of stuff going on but he's still the strongest strongest person you'll ever meet he's the bobby duke we'll get more on that later he is 
Bobbeth Van Noys of the Tallahassee Van Noises. Hi. Hi! It's good to see you, brother. Um, I have been entertaining at Cloud City. You have, dude. You've been letting everybody into our Just, secret I know. tree house. It seems less special up here <laughs> all of a sudden. <laughs> and our Lando Calrissian, our benefactor, yeah. is in Durango Ooh, as we speak. We just, Blake got notif- we just got notified that there, Blake has touched... Blake has touched down. He has touched down. He's already written a graphic novel on his way here. Yeah. He's that will already, be released yeah. next month. Yeah. He he already got it sold to... Uh, <laughs> it's already sold to Disney or something. Paramount Plus. Whatever. <laughs> this fucking guy. <laughs> well, dude, we, well, I'll let you continue. Anywho, across from me, <laughs> Sir Antonio Branderas. I call him Wolfgang Fuck. Yes, sir. He is the judgment hammer. He is... <laughs> destruction incarnate he's the general manager of my heart oh buddy how you doing buddy good brother good 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 it's weird you mentioned paramount plus uh we're in the midst of every platform outside of netflix and like hulu canceling everything like i'm right in the middle of series right now that have already been canceled so why would i why would i watch the rest of you yeah it's netflix rampant yeah, they... It is fucking rampant. Shelving Batgirl and like, dude, Disney, Warner Brothers, is a it, it's a mess. They Henry Cavill isn't Superman anymore. Nope, that's done. I mean, what are we doing, guys? What he just signed on for the Warhammer adaptation. Ooh, yeah, that might be dope. I mean, probably, right? I mean, Warhammer's dope. But he'll so, leave after a season and a half. and Maybe. You know, I don't know. Grow a mustache. Okay. <laughs> and then they can't use them. They can't use them. <laughs> Things are uh, changing, as Bob Dylan's shitty whiskey said. Speaking Times, of shitty Times, they are changing. Whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what you brought, Bridgerin. All right. So we were we, we tend to do these under $30 bottles. And we've had really good success with a distillery called Evan Williams. Surprisingly, don't turn off the program. Just hang not, with us. No, hang, yeah, hang, stick with it. Hang. We're gonna shit on them. A yeah, yeah, bit. yeah. Because sure. we have, we've done their rye, we've done their bottled and bond, which which I think we, surprisingly good, shockingly good. Yeah, really good. Yeah. So we picked up <clears throat> this 1783 small batch Evan Williams um, straight bourbon whiskey. Yep. Nice bottle. It looks. It's handsome. It's fine. You know. It's got a font. It's an. <laughs> it's got a font. <laughs> Is that Sands? Um, this was a <laughs> a pretty cheap bottle. I mean, we'll talk about the pricing. Yeah, we'll talk in a minute. But it was like. So here's what happens every Friday. So we go, his, we go into here's what happened. Here's what happened. Yeah. We go into a liquor store and we start going through the shelves and we're like. Well, we've done this, and we've done this, and we've done this, and we've done that, and we've definitely done that. Not just a liquor store. Oh, our friends. Our Wagon friends. Wheel. Wagon Wheel. The wagoniest of wheels. The wagoniest. <laughs> they, <laughs> it's a chore at this point, four years down the road, to find whiskeys. In general. That we haven't I mean, broached already. We've done everything $80 down. 
We've so, really cleaned out the closet. And we of definitely have that moment where we're like, well, should we beg for this $90 bottle of whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> um, but we save those bottles for special occasions, sure. special guests, birthdays. Th- there you go. Maybe like, a bris. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Quinceanera. I was circumcised years ago. Yeah. I'm still working on it. Yeah. I got circumcised in 2003. <laughs> I'm halfway there. But. Uh, <laughs> I do. So talk to me about this. Um, oh, boy. We picked this up. Okay. Now, I, I will preface this. This is not the worst bottle of whiskey we've had in this office. No. Sean Moe has brought us horrors. He's like the pinhead of whiskey. He shows up in a fog with a bottle, and you know it's just pain yeah. and blood and horror. Um, this is not that. No. Evan Williams is Evan Williams. This was created, in my opinion, to be the, uh, even though it's a Kentucky, feels like it came on the market to be the Jack Killer. It was bottled very similar in the beginning, uh, cheaper, and it had, it didn't have that charcoal filter shit or the burnt barrel stuff, but it felt like it was kind of edging into the Jack Daniels territory, right? One of the best selling whiskeys in the world, has been for fucking 50 years. That being said, this is a departure by virtue of regular Evan Williams or the rye, which bottled and bond, which, you know, Bobby and I both enjoy the bottled and bond and the rye are really surprisingly well-made offerings. This Ex- Evan- excellent value 100%, for what they are. 100%. Yeah, 100%. So this is their small batch. And when we when when guys like us see small batch, we get excited because that doesn't necessarily denote quality. It just means that these guys pulled out a distillation that they really felt good about. That typically is what it means or that is different or that is special. And they tend to treat it a little special. So this is 90 proof. It's a Kentucky straight, no must, no fuss, corn heavy, little bit of rye, little bit of barley. Okay. So you expect it to be sweet. You expect it to have good barreling notes on it, right? Because it's a bunch of white oak. So expect a lot of those breakfast spices, yada, yada, right? My first impression tasting it, obviously bourbon is bourbon. It's funny when people are like, what does it taste like? It tastes like whiskey. Yeah, it does taste like whiskey. Because that's what it is. Because that's what it is. You get a lot of that. The caramels and vanillins are there. And then it does something that is a little unfortunate. The fucking ass falls out of it. Yeah. When it approaches mid-palate, it kind of disappears. Then you get the heat of the alcohol because it's 90 proof. And then you get some mild, pleasant bourbon flavors. Again, vanillins and caramels and nutmeg. And you get all that stuff on the back end. Brown sugar. You get all that stuff on the back end. But man, that attack, it's like a fucking, you know, it feels like a, a... fucking like a screwball pitched by a good pitcher it's there and then it just drops drops it's like a badass sinker you know from raleigh fingers for all you kids out there that's <laughs> raleigh a fingers. it's a super timely reference um it's it it doesn't have a lot of ass to it yeah um we always kind of talk about things we talk about approach <clears throat> yeah we talk about the body of it we talk about the finish of it. Yeah. And this, 
I think is pretty strong on the approach. It's got a requisite amount of heat that comes from the 90 um, proofing. It's got... It falls apart somewhere in the middle of the body. And it just starts to dissipate and become what you like to always say is uh, flat or flabby. It, it is. There's no ass. There's no wagon that's dragging. And and that's not to say you're not still tasting whiskey, but it has no distinction. No. And and let's back up, Bobby. How about we do this? We're, we're nose diving with this um, sort of judgment on this. Tell them the price. Oh, I mean, this is early 20s. 22, yeah. 23. This is a cheap bottle of whiskey. Is it unpleasant to sip? No. 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 But, and that's the important point. Because for 10 more bucks, you cheap fuckers out there could have gotten something really good. But you decided to be a cheapskate because that's what you are. And you thought 23 bucks should do the trick. Sure. And you bought this, and nobody's going to turn down a glass of this. Do not put ice in this. Do oh. yourself a favor. We did after drinking it straight. It just vanishes. It's, it's brown alcohol water yeah. at this point. It completely disappears. There's not a lot on the mid palate. The attack comes in fine. It's very bourbon-esque. And then it just evaporates mid-palate. And the only thing on the finish you get is the alcohol. You get the heat and the lift of the alcohol at the end. Outside of that, I mean, we were talking like, do we? Do you mix it? Maybe it's, and Bobby brought up a good point. It's so inexpensive that you buy a bottle of this, you know, fucking football Sunday, buy a bottle of it go home with a friend, and you make like just fucking really stupid highballs with it. Gingers. Gingers. Diet ginger ale. Schweppes. (laughs) Now, like literally, you were saying I'd mix it with Diet Coke. I'm like, if there's an alcohol to mix with Diet Coke, Like if you mix this with some some Gosling ginger ginger, beer. Oh, God. Yeah, make a Kentucky mule out of this. It'd be sweet. And you'll get the beaties. Yeah, you will get sugar foot. It'd be good because there's so much sugar in this alcohol. <laughs> that yeah. combined with Gosling's, if you did this with like Fever Tree, you might stand a chance. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, it's by virtue of that, I would not call it a buy, only because I think that there are better alcohols at this price point. Okay, let's go with that. That's Let's my go with that. that's my opinion. I, Let's go with that. If I'm going to have to choose between this and a bottle of Buff Trace or or Green Label Weller, which might be a little bit more, like a couple we're of talking bucks. two three bucks, couple of bucks. Go spend the extra money. Trust me. I know it looks sexy with the 1783 small batch. Le, 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 le. Don't 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 do it. Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, guys. you could just for the price, you can do better. At this, at this range. So whoever you're dating right now, look in the mirror. Can you do better? You can do better. You can do better. You can do better, baby. Yeah. <laughs> Love yourself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you guys, the, the year is almost over. It is. 2022, thankfully, approaches its nadir. Yeah, and, this uh, year's been fucking weird, man. They've all been weird. I've, a lot when of is de- the last time I we know. didn't talk about it? Well, you know 20 I mean? became the descent in the madness because of pandemic, and it seems like it hasn't 
unnosedived from there. I had a couple huge deaths this year. It's been a really weird year, man. But yeah. I, like I like to say, I like to say this to Rex. Just because it's difficult doesn't mean it's bad. Exactly. It's just challenging. It is. This is a challenging year. It's challenging, man, for a lot of people out there. Absolutely. Yeah. But, well, we at the Whiskey Reel, we like to talk about media. And at the end of the year, people do this thing, which some people find very annoying. I find exhilarating, which is... <laughs> it's exhausting. Is making lists. Yeah! Checking I, it twice. I love lists. Gonna find out who's smoking that spice. Everyone that comes up with a top five, I'm just like, oh, I want I want your top five. Oh, yeah. I want your top five. Let's go. Anything, right now. Of anything. Or you mean nothing to me. Top five natural <laughs> peanut butters of 2022. I'm like, yes. Yes. Uh, I want to know. Top five kombuchas. I'm going with smart balance. <laughs> I'm going I'm going with Laura Scudders. Ooh. Ooh, you like that? Look at you. Old school sweet bitch. Pool. That's a sweet pool. Yeah, thank you. No, we we love lists. And I came up with a very arbitrary number. And I started approaching Aaron and our good friend Sean for his input, even though he's unwilling to be with us. Chuddy buddy. Chuddy buddy. Um, I was like... I feel like 2022 is kind of a fiend de kind of year. I think we're going to, there's a corner, a corner yet to be turned. And okay. I think we're approaching that corner. Okay. That's why so, I didn't give you too much guff. Cause 2020 would have been the natural 20 year. It would have, but it does feel like now that we're out of the pandemic and looking to get into another one, um, get vaccinated. And now that we're looking to get another one, there's a lot of weird interest rates are high. Real estate is weird. There's a uh, unemployment is low. There's a lot of these weird, like contradictory numbers that are getting floated about. Of course. So it feels like, like you say, a fin de cycle, right? End of the cycle, right? We're ready to turn the corner and get into something new. So I fucking hope so. So <laughs> fuck you. What we talk about, <laughs> we talk about. Politics. We talk about movies. We talk about TV shows, and we talk about music. This Amen. is what we do on the whiskey reel. That's usually the bulk. So I just sent out the uh, smoke signal, yeah. and I said, over the last twenty years, what are the fucking best movies? What are your not the best movies? Yeah, Let reframe. Let's that. let's let's distinguish. Let's distinguish. We're not going to talk about the best movies of the last twenty years. Because we're going to talk about our favorite. Movies because best is arbitrary. It means absolutely nothing. We're going to talk about the top ten movies for us, Bobby and Aaron. What are the movies that keep coming back to that you when when somebody mentions a particular genre or a subgenre, you're going to blurt this out in a second. And this this is a list. For those of you at home, if you'd like to join along, should not be a list that you spend more than five minutes on. This should be stuff that you can touch on your brain right away. Does that mean you're going to miss some of your favorites? Yes. No. <laughs> 100%. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but you're going to miss movies, and then other people are going to mention movies. You're going to go, oh, fuck. Yeah. It's impossible to library and archive 20 
years of anything. I um, have for the last two days just been sitting next to the total strangers, and I just turn to them. And I'm like, and you're still getting surprised. What is your favorite movie of the last twenty years? And you're and still like, getting surprised. And someone will bring something up. Okay. I'm like, oh, you're fucking right. so. This is what I told Bobby is this is great to do, but in six months, all of our lists would change. Of course. That's the way this is. So, uh, how about we bounce back and forth? Because I don't know about you, Bobby, but I don't have a 10 through one. I just have 10 movies. Is that fair? I don't. Okay. I am not ranking these movies. So, here's what I thought we should do. Let's talk about our 10 and then let's let's initially talk about where we agree. Well, okay, we're going to start with our overlap. Yes. Okay. What let's is do the that. overlap of our lists? Okay. And I think we arrived at the fact that there are three movies that three we overlapped movies. up. Okay. Yes, sir. What are those movies? Okay. Let's start with the first one on my list, which would be Easy Peasy, Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. Edgar Wright. Yes. Uh, his first real introduction, Simon Pegg and Nick. This is our first introduction into what's become and has been a universe. Yeah. They've created for themselves. The Cornetto Trilogy. The Cornetto Trilogy. This is the kickoff to the Cornetto Trilogy. Absolutely. Which is Shaun of the Dead, Hot Fuzz, and The World's End. The World's End. All great movies. Uh, I, I enjoyed them all. You like Hot Fuzz the best. I have a tendency to go with Hot Fuzz, but we agreed on Shaun of the Dead because it matters. It's a very impactful moment. It was the time. Comedy horror has been done for a long time. Ever since Evil Dead, um, comedy and Sam Raimi's Evil Dead back in the day, comedy and horror has a natural congruency. They're very yin and yang. You laugh when you're scared and you laugh when something's funny. Some of that impact and that stimuli psychologically is the same stimuli. So it feels very natural to combine the two. It just hasn't been done very often. And up until that moment where Raimi hit fucking gold. Yeah. Um, Shaun of the Dead changed zombie movies forever and changed the humor within a horror movie forever. Yes. Uh, this felt like you were in an inside joke the entire time. You felt like you were part of the cool crowd yeah. the entire time. You were in the bar with them yeah. the entire time. And it was acted brilliantly, written brilliantly, and everything from the soundtrack oh. uh, to the camera direction, the way they chose to do the things at the time they chose was fucking funny and at parts horrifying but it was more funny. Let's be honest. It's it has its moments that are heartfelt, even sad, wonderfully heartbreaking. Um, there are horrifically gory moments in this movie when he gets pulled out the bar. Fun. Oh my god, classic, yeah, absolutely. That was a Romero jerk off, obviously. It, and and that's the funny thing. And we don't have to go on too long about. No, each no, we're going to talk movies. a couple minutes about everything. But. This was supposed to be a parody of George Romero's zombie films yep. that elevated itself because it was so smart and so well written and so well acted and just off the charts fucking funny. Dude. Like we had never seen this movie before. And if I go, maybe we can do this because we're going to wrap this one up and go to the next one. Yeah. Maybe I can do this. The white lines bit. Oh, Jesus Christ. Stop. Just stop. Yeah. You're Unbelievable. Not, you will never be funnier than that. 
So let's move on to the next one that we both had together. Okay. Um, I believe we had, what was the next one we had? 28 Days Later. 28 Days Later. Um, let's get the zombies out of the way. Okay. Arguably, Are they zombies? Arguably. If, if you've got to put them in a category, I 28 know. Days Later made but, its own subgenre. But it's a, I mean... It's it not a, a zombie movie per se, but it is. It is. It's, it's an uncontrollable, sentient, not non-sentient being that has no control over itself. Yeah, a la a zombie. The difference being that they're compelled by rage, rage. and instead of eating you, just want to beat the shit out of you. They don't eat you. They don't eat you. They beat you to death, and then they starve to death. I don't know what's scarier. Scary. Um. F- fucking wasn't a boil. It's Danny Boyle. Yeah. Um uh, Kieran Murphy. Killian Murphy, who is <sighs> He can do no wrong in my life. No. Yeah, he's wonderful. Peaky blowing does. <clears throat> the perfection of this film to me came from this weird sense of negative space that he created. I mean, they shut down Piccadilly Circus. They shut down downtown it, when London. When he goes out of the hospital. It's one of the most chilling moments. Frightening. And the score and the the way they set that scene it changed quote unquote zombie movies forever forever we had our first quote unquote fast zombies um the you brought up the tunnel scene which i think as one scene in the movie scariest fucking thing i've ever seen might be one of the scariest <laughs> things ever to hear it and then see shadows yeah and then from them to understand what's going on and yeah. the reaction to that, it had brilliant actors in it, which brilliant. you don't always see in horror all the time. Killian <clears throat> and Brendan Gleeson. Brendan Gleeson, who I, is fucking phenomenal. Um, Christopher Eccleston. Yeah. Who, who, so chilling. It was, they had a lot of really good pressure points they pushed yes with that and it literally changed zombie movies forever which felt like a douched out genre and they fucking just injected a whole new fresh bloodstream into that genre so again we're not talking about fucking the patient or fucking we're not talking about high-minded society films these are films that we go back to and enjoy every single time what's that third one well, the third one is actually a cheat. We're going to cheat. total cheat code. Unless a little bit. It's up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. Yeah. <laughs> I think we both felt that over the last 20 years from a standpoint of cinematic achievement, it would be impossible to ignore the Marvel Universe. We had a discussion about what is our favorite Marvel film, but what we came down to is what is the most important Marvel film. Yeah. And it's two films. It is the Infinity War cycle. Cycle. And both of those, Infinity War and and Endgame together are so transformative in the epic, like, like the last thing we had seen even close was the Lord of the Rings thing. And I think this surpassed that. It feels like it. By Um, a a minute. I mean. There have been no impactful from a zeitgeist standpoint. For five years, these two films held us captive. Yeah. They made... I don't know if you're ever going to get to perfect movie when it comes to genre, because a lot of people hate superhero movies. And you know what? 
I don't mind that you hate him. I don't care that you hate him. I'm here to enjoy him. So these were so well done. The everything from the VFX to the acting, unbelievable. To the the storyline and what they created and the 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 deaths and the rebirths. It was so inspiring and so inspired. Uh, it was storytelling mixed with every fucking nerd porn moment you could yeah. ever want in your life growing up as a comic book kid. Right. The big thing for me is the overall achievement that this this movie actually represented, which was putting together over 20 years a cinematic universe that they maintained a level of continuity, yeah. which is pretty phenomenal. It was a pretty solid arc. No one had ever done anything remotely close Not to even this. close. Not even close. Not even close. Maintain, yeah, there was, you know... You know, Rhodey's a different actor in a few sure. movies. And, you know, there was, like, little continuity stuff. Right. Right? But the fact that they over almost two decades that they managed to pull this together and it, culminate with this moment. And didn't fuck it off. No. This wasn't the ending of fucking Game of Thrones. And there, there has to be a level of, like, good fortune that led to that. A lot. But there had to be also a level of, like, Feige and, and Favreau and all these people just um, putting together something really fucking special and committing to it. Yeah. they, they This, as people growing up watching Spider-Man throw literal ropes, ropes of webs over cars, like some fucking stagehand threw a giant rope over a car and that was a web and we geeked. Um, it was very satisfying. And yes, I cried Every single time I watch that movie. Every single. So, so let's let's move on to the to the outliers. Why don't we go back and forth? Okay. And we don't need to dwell, but we can. I'd and like if we to, don't get to all these, we don't get. To no, all no, no, no. We're but, gonna get to all these, but we got to be able to be concise and yes. ba ba ba. So, okay. okay so the first on my list is Ryan Johnson, who has become <laughs> after all these years and fighting through um, The Last Jedi, which unfortunately for him didn't end well. Like a lot of people find that to be one of the weakest entries in the Star Wars I didn't. I didn't hate universe. it as much as most. But anyway. I love that movie, actually. I thought it was good. I I'm think sorry. It's, it's definitely better than Rise of Skywalker <laughs> by a million miles. And others. He, in the meantime, when he wasn't doing Brothers Bloom and Brick and, and Knives Out and all these wonderful films, this guy's a really good filmmaker. He did a little time travel movie with Bruce Willis and Joseph Gordon-Levitt called Looper. Mm -hmm. And I think that movie is brilliant. I think it's brilliant. I think it reinvigorated time travel movies by creating different it created a world and, and a mythology yeah in and of itself sure which I thought I thought that was really fucking great I can watch that movie it was it was well done it was fun it it wasn't brain breaking um but the the like you said it created a new sort of alternate dimension of time travel which is such a douched out conceptual sure. thing that and it's so lazy yeah. when they do it yeah. um but this it really movie was brought not up, lazy no it wasn't lazy it brought up paradoxes yes. and ripples and it was really fun joseph Go uh, gordon lovett is kind of badass and 
he should do more work. In my um, opinion, this will be Bruce Willis's last great film. Um, as far as I've seen, because he's basically correct. retired at this point, he has some physical difficulties, but seems to make eight movies a year. I know, but not I anymore. How. I think he's no, no, no. He's still fucking cranking, well, brother. Good for him. Anywho, so Looper, good choice. Back good, to you. Good choice. Uh, mine is my my brethren sitting across from me. It's the Baba Duke. Um, <laughs> Baba Duke is an important film. Yes, because not only was it scary, but it was heart rendering, and it deals with loneliness and motherhood and difficulty and grief, grief like a motherfucker. Grief is a monster in this Gr- movie. Grief and loneliness and loneliness. Is a, a literal monster that they manifested. It is frightening. It is bone chilling how they manifested that monster. The the I don't know the actress's name off the top of my head. I don't either was fucking brilliant. This movie was important to horror because it wasn't paranormal. It wasn't creature feature. They kind of carved out their own weird niche in what horror is. And the horror, and don't overstep it, the horror of motherhood. Any woman out there that's had a child, that uncertainty and that parasitic relationship produces a lot of anxiety. Now, I'll never know what that is, but I can definitely try to understand. And this movie made it apparent. It made it manifest. Yeah, literally. Frightening. Great and beautiful. Movie. Great fucking pull. Um, I'm going to go with my one and only Korean film on this list, which I was <laughs> actually surprised at. I thought I would have more. I got one. I know you do. I'm going to go Korean um, after you. But Korean is where it's at, baby. That's fucking Sorry. where it's at, brother. These motherfuckers can make movies. What do you want? Action? Horror? Drama? Yeah. Fuck I off. I mean, we just watched Parasite win the Oscar Go what, fuck two off. years ago. Go fuck off. The Korean Korean cinema is being recognized for what it's been for fucking for years. For 40 years. Um, gentleman by the name of uh, Park Chan-wook or Chan-wook Park, Chan-wook wherever Park. you're coming from. Depends where you want to put the last <laughs> name. Yeah, wherever you want to apply the surname. So he did a trilogy of films. The first one I saw was called Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance. Seen it. Which I found to be brilliant. Yeah. And then he came out with old boy which is one of the <laughs> fucking most remarkable fucking movies you will ever see it makes me want to go home and watch it again just talking about it like i cannot get enough of old boy it is a brilliant fucking film it, it surrounds this um kind of drunken buffoon kind of a buffoonish character yeah. named oday sue i mean yes and no in, in, in the early I mean? stages of the film, they okay. present him okay. as a drunken, buffoonish character. And then he's imprisoned by someone that we don't understand and don't know for tens of years. <laughs> and it's the film is basically about he gets released from this weird um, imprisonment yeah. and has to go about 
figuring out what the fuck just happened to him. Yeah. For the last a, 15 years of his life. Was it 15? I think it okay, was 15. Okay, I think it was like 10 I or 15. I think it was 15. Yeah, it was fucking, yeah. Yeah. So, and they never given him an explanation. No, they just stuck him on a hotel room. <laughs> yeah, dude. For like 15 years. And he proceeded to punch and break his fists in walls. Yes. And go mad. And turn himself into a different type of creature. A non-human. A non-human. Yeah. And then the he, twist, we, which we will not discuss. We're not going to. Nobody should ever give away the twist of old boy. I will tell you the end of six Sense. I will never tell you the end of old boy. Never. It is one of the greatest reveals and, it's and one dis- of the most heart and disgusting moments and heartbreaking. It is. It takes your breath away. Takes your you. Breath. You literally like inhale and gasp. You have you a hear this. You have this. Uh, Reaction where you're like, no, no. You're like, that's not right. No, 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 no. 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 And one of the <laughs> and, best single. And then it just happens. One of the best single sequence um, side side to side. What do you call that in video games? Kind of like 2D, like the like uh, scroller. Yeah, it's like scroller. a scroller. It's, a, it's literally the best scrolling side to side 2D fight scene uh, ever filmed. It, it was yeah. incredibly done. It was a groundbreaking moment in and of itself. Um, a lot of American series and movies have aped it a little bit. Like, I remember watching the original series of Daredevil on Netflix. And, and they did the same hallway thing, right? scene. They did the same fucking and thing. homage, brother. It's an homage. Homage. 100%. Yeah. Um, lots of great fucking Asian movies get ripped off by American films. Do they? Yeah, it happens. <laughs> the Ring. Um, um, Star Wars. Star Wars. Hi. <laughs> Kurosawa, every single frame. We're going to move on. My Korean entry into this is not a very well-known movie, but I still consider one of the best horror movies maybe of all time. And it's called The Wailing. It is the strangest, scariest movie that um, incorporates every genre of horror from a cult to vampires, to zombies, to mass murderers. It, it is unbelievably frightening. It clocks in at just under three hours, and it makes you pay for it the entire way through. It <laughs> yeah. is fucking... It also deals with the, the conflict of Koreans versus Japanese. That's a central sort of point to it. I don't want to explain this movie except for if you've got the time and you've got the brain power, The Wailing is a payoff. It is widely regarded as one of the best horror films made in the last 20 years. And I'm not alone in thinking that Absolutely a not. lot of people can understand it, the twists in it, the reveals in it. It is so unbelievably written and acted it's a fucking literal tour de force. I, I can't say yeah. enough about this movie. I look at The Wailing as like a culmination of a few years of Korean horror coming into its own. Um, Fuck. It had movies like um, they did a Tale of Two Sisters. Yeah. I Saw the Devil. But even those in... in, in comparison Great have a films. very have a very narrow through line they're not defined. that they're bad the whaling is arms wide like, open what the fuck? ready to yeah. accept everything and you don't know what the fuck's going on right 100 percent. It's, it's beautiful a, it's film. an amazing film who's your next and i if i had to guess i bet on rotten tomatoes or one of those sites it's probably 86 like, 
No. I bet it's like 98. Should be. I mean, and honestly, if you no guys, one hates this movie, if they have the wherewithal to actually, if watch you guys it. have the time and the patience, I'm I'm not going to let you down. None of these movies are going to let you down. The Wailing is one of the most overlooked horror movies in the last 20 years. Go watch it. It is frightening. So I changed my mind on this positioning. Oh! Um, I was going to talk about. I felt like well, I should talk about a Star Wars film. We're Star Wars. Centric and we would do Rogue One. We would do Rogue One Which, in the spot. You don't need to say anything else. Totally understandable. I changed my mind because Good. I felt the need to include, over the last 20 years, one of the finest filmmakers on the planet by the name of Denis Villeneuve. Yeah, Villeneuve. Who has done movies like Sicaro. Fucking I, awesome. I mean, so Arrival. Un- so underrated. Sicario is fucking Sicario dope. is a fabulous movie. Benicio. Um, he did Blade Runner 2049, which I Phenomenal. thought about including on this list. I know. It's that good. But I went with... Uh, the, I know what you went with. I went with boy. Dune. Fuck. How he, good. V- Denny Villeneuve filmed The Unfilmable. Yeah. He actually did what David Lynch and Jodorowsky... Everybody tried to do. Everyone had tried to do, and he filmed it, and he made it not just palatable, but he made it beautiful. It's a gorgeous movie. It feels like it lives up to what the novel and the novels had in mind. Yeah. It is grandiose. It's over the top. You can detract from certain... There's moments where it goes away from the novel or whatever. Whatever. Fuck that. Whatever. captures the essence of what made Frank Herbert's novel... From you... Yeah. I cannot wait for the second half of this. It's going to be so beautiful. I cannot wait. From the front of your eyeballs, from your cornea to the back of your brain, feels good. Like, what you're watching feels perfectly in line with what you would hope for 100 there are very few legacy movies like this yeah. that do that and from the acting to the quality of the characters to everything they did this justice and i don't know who else could do it yeah i don't know i can't name a single director that could do this when he was announced as the the guy to take this on i was like the okay we got it. Mm-hmm. I think we have this. And, and he followed through on his promise. And the casting was beautiful. And yeah, The guy's never made a bad film. No. Not even close. Not a one. Not a one, sir. What do you got? Next up, easy peasy for all my Cohen brothers people. Oh, boy. No Country. Ooh. One of the weirdest, hardest movies to watch just as a layman. Yeah. Unless you're a cinephile dork person who loves really obscure shit. However, this movie lands in ways that no other movie I've ever seen lands. It does something different. I don't don't even know if I could add adjectives to what this does. But Bobby brought up the other day, who's the main character of No Country? Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Right? And thinking back on that, you think about that. And it makes sense. Because he's kind of the catalyst in a weird way as things start to develop. Well, but, but yeah, you follow the story of Woody Harrelson chasing um, Sigour. Brolin. Oh, Brolin first. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because yeah. Brolin breaks out and then you introduce Anton Chigurh, Maybe which is fuck. Top 10 
movie villain of all time. No fucking doubt about Not it. Not even close. No doubt about it's it. It's the best thing that Javier Bardem will ever do in his life. Has that been parodied more? I mean, come on. The 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 dime store scene. Friendo. The dime store scene yeah. with the fucking clerk. Unbelievable. Um, he it there's such a sense of weird dread, but excitement. But you're rooting for the hero, but he's not a hero. It puts your brain in a lot of different pretzel positions, and from the the acting first and foremost. But the script was so kind of erratic and strange. The acting was so erratic and strange. Uh, it it scratched an itch for me I didn't know was itching. Yeah. And it made my brain feel good, and I felt satisfied. Well, and the Tommy Lee Jones thing is something narratively that you don't ever see because it, it's it's a twist without a twist. Right. It's just... It, it makes you realize that you've been watching a different movie than you thought you were watching. And how many movies do that? None. None. That movie, it, it, narratively... A, and that's Cormac McCarthy. Yeah, like, it's Cormac obviously. McCarthy. But it's it's hard to adapt something from a, an, a completely kind of... I don't want to say abstract, but very existentialist book like that. It's hard to take books like that, like... Tra- like filth and um you oh, know yeah. no country and it's hard to take these weird surrealist things and make them in the movies yeah. and i i just watched that a month ago and i watched that once a year and it makes me feel good every time i watch it and it makes me remember why i loved it the first time absolutely yeah What's next for you? I'm not going to spend a ton of time on this one. The next two, as a matter of fact. Why? Because we've talked about these two films. Ad nauseum. Ad nauseum on this podcast. This might actually, if I had to boil it down, be my number one film. Oh. Um, This is 2006 Alfonso Cuaron's Children of Men. (laughs) Dude, you're such a fucking horror for this movie. It is the best fucking movie. (laughs) You're such a horror. It is the I'm I'm a total whore for this movie. Yeah, you are. Um, Which is great. First of all, I love Alfonso Cuaron. I think he's an amazing filmmaker. Ito Mama Tambien. Fantastic. Um, fucking Gravity is a great movie. Gravity's uh, shit. Be- Little Princess is good. a great movie. He did the best Harry Potter movie. Like I just think yeah, he's a great no, filmmaker. I, I understand where you're coming from. This movie represents hope better than any other film I think I've ever seen in my life. And tragedy. Because it's literally about hope. Yeah, it's about pushing through to the end of the fucking, the light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. Really, in and in all regards. If you haven't seen Children of Men, please take the time. One of Clive Owen's best films, and oh. don't sleep on Clive Owen. No. Because that motherfucker, honestly, act is doing this off, list, dude. I almost had three Clive Owen movies dude, on this fucking he's list. He's a fucking nasty, Guy's a nasty G, dude. Dude, Inside Croupier. Man would have been a on list. Inside Man, the Croupier. And Croupier was two years too early. Oh, fucker. Or beyond, beyond any shadow of All a doubt, right. Croupier would have been See, on this we, fucking we list. See, we did the 20-year cutoff. Otherwise, yeah. first Matrix, 98. Definitely. Sorry, couldn't include yeah. it. Croupier, 100%. He, it, You're next. Brilliant. One. Next up on the list, uh, we talked about this recently, and it's everything... All the time, all of, I don't know. It's a really I, everything I everywhere all at once. Everywhere all at once. Um, <laughs> I saw this in a theater. Thank you so much for putting this on your list, I, dude. I toiled. I honestly have to say it. It had this 
for those out there that love weird, obscure kind of avant-garde filmmaking, like Enter the Void. And this had this overwhelming physical feeling when I watched it. Not only was it sincere and cute and heartwarming, it was extremely deep and existential and metaphysical, and it scratched all these weird sort of nerd itches. There's kung fu, and there's crying, and I left this movie theater when I saw it, and hopefully you guys saw it in the theater and not at home. I, I left it broken. Yeah. I was crying. I was shattered. I and cried harder at that film than I have in anything in the last few years. I, I, I can't remember something that felt like this. Do you know why? Do you th- and see if you agree with? Follow What's me that? on this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All the metaphysics, all the multi-dimensional stuff, all that fun. Fine. Ultimately, this movie's about family, mm-hmm. and that's what broke me. It's the about husband, the relationship between her. And him about them and their daughter. Unbelievable. It, it, it was, I don't know who cast this movie, but to get Michelle Yao, to get fucking uh, <laughs> short round, to get um, yeah, right. that beautiful young lady that played their daughter who Amazing. just bossed her way through the movie. Oh. Um, to get to get Jimmy Lee Curtis. Unbelievable. In that role. It changed cinema for me. I yep. think movies are a, a little bit easier to make because of that and a little bit harder to make. I was about to say, I will hold movies to a higher standard after watching that movie. And that's all I got to say about that. Absolutely. That movie deserves all your attention. If you haven't seen it yet, nothing you're watching is going to be better than that. If you haven't seen it, no matter who you are, if you and haven't you seen that film, you gotta buy in. You gotta give it a chance. No, it's it, it's gonna take twenty minutes of you dealing with normality. Yeah, and then things change, and it accelerates as fast or faster than the Matrix. By the way, if you're oh, a yeah. fan of the Matrix and you don't watch this movie, you're a clown. It's that big of a paradigm shift in the way movies are made. Even. Bigger. It's amazing. In my opinion. It's amazing. I think they did something. There were no never... butt plugs in the Matrix. Woo! <laughs> oh, Jesus Dude, Christ. That's, you know what I've seen. And there were and honestly, the fight scenes were on par. Oh. By the way. Because you actually had real martial artists. Yeah. Just saying. Yeah, absolutely. Um I will what's spend up? What's even next? less time on this one because we've talked about this movie. Okay. We only have, so many we only times have a few left on this podcast, and I've talked about it on Judgment Day so much lately. Um, Mad Max Fury Road. I mean, it's it's Rex's least favorite movie, which I fucking find hilarious. It's hilarious. She hates this movie. I just and I don't know the depth of her hate. By the way, Jessica, same fucking thing. <laughs> What is is it just a is this a a male centric movie? No, this movie is about what are we missing? Women's empowerment. Women, yeah, because Furiosa is basically the Furiosa and the Four Seasons and the Four Seasons. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like it is about beauty and about women liberating themselves from male oppression. It's literally all it's about. Mad Max is a side note in this fucking film and very. disturbing to watch it's in in a lot of regards i'll say this from from a 
I don't, we don't want to see the ape word. No, no, no. Like, but it's harder to watch. This is very. For no second do you think women aren't as powerful as men in this at, movie. Not at all. Yeah, it's really empowering in a certain degree. And I, I know that's kind of a it's, shilly. It's Furiosa's film. Wokey sort of thing. But but George Miller being the deft and crafty filmmaker and screenwriter that he is created something that works without. I mean, the storyline is beyond simplistic. It's dumb storyline they drive over here <laughs> to do that and then they're like well now we got to drive back back this over way. here yeah. and that's literally the fucking and then this guy might not like it that's it that's it that's the storyline and in the meantime you're flipping out because you're greeted with the most amazing color palette jesus visually fucking christ the greatest stunt work i've ever seen on film dude not even close let's get chrome I mean, it's fucking unbelievably entertaining. Let's get Chrome. It's weird, and I understand why people are like, what? It's uncomfortable. The fuck? But it's brilliant. It's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. It's sci-fi. It's, it's, it's best. perfect. Yeah. Yeah. It is it. my ultimate dystopia I movie. love you. All right. Last, not last. I've got an honorable. I've got two more. Okay. I've got two more, too, I think. We, okay. We'll have a minute I got two more. Some, I'm going to have one yeah. honorable mention. Okay. Um, I've beat this film up on this program uh, for being, uh, I'm going to say, the best horror movie in the last 20 years. Oh. This affected me as much as my favorite horror movie. I know what this is. Is Hereditary. Um, Ari Aster's masterpiece. And yeah, I'm going to say that. You can take your fucking Citizen Kane and you can take your birds and your fucking uh, open window and you can take all your shit and shove it up your ass. I haven't seen open window yet. (laughs) Hereditary might be perfect. It is as well acted as any film that's ever been made. Agreed. Visually as disturbing and dystopic and just troubling as anything it is a smile on the face and a stab in your belly the entire film there's so much subterfuge and and symbolism in it that you don't catch this film needs to be watched two or three times for you to even really understand what they did to you while you're watching this film it is frightening the movie will physically give you symptoms. It's fucking frightening. That drone that goes on throughout the movie, the, the score, physically makes you uncomfortable. It's the brown note. Yeah. Dude. No, you're pooping yourself. Note. Yeah. And anytime you hear... Yeah. And you know what's coming. It's... And you're watching... It's beautiful. If I'm being honest... Probably one of the greatest performances by an actor did not get recognized. That did not get recognized in the Tony last twenty Col- years. Tony Collette is better in that movie than, than anyone you've ever seen in a movie. In a movie, and that's not hyperbole. We're no. not just being fucking glib. She's Tony Collette phenomenal. in Hereditary might be the best performance right? outside of Nicholson in The Shining, which. And I'd almost put them toe to toe. I would. Tony Collette is. I think her performance is better. Transcendent in yeah. this role, and I, I just wish I could meet her so I can talk about this. 
It is so beautifully disturbing. I would never Every, bring it up. No, you there's wouldn't. no way she's right. I would just after set her, having done that. Movie. I would just set her on fire. Yeah, um, <laughs> <laughs> take that, Tony Collette. Uh, <laughs> Hereditary. I will never say enough about this movie. I will talk your off about it. If you haven't watched it, if you have, yeah, bitch. I felt like I had to give a. Tarantino shout out on this list because Tarantino uh, would. is one Tarantino. of the all time great American filmmakers. Fuck what he does. He's fucking killer. Let's be really honest. Suck Th- it. This is probably not just the best Tarantino movie of the last 20 years. You can argue this is the best Tarantino film of all time. I would disagree with that, but I would agree in the last 20. Inglorious Bastards is a goddamn masterpiece. It's a masterpiece. That is untouchable in so many ways. I don't even know what to do with Inglorious Bastards. I, he created it's a, a whole new genre. Semi-fictional yeah. war movie. This revisionist history that he got hot on was, this is the pinnacle of it. Crazy. It's so entertaining. It's so good. And everybody in it, Brad Pitt is oh. amazing. Eli Roth was good in it. And if you can make Eli right? Roth good, yeah. Go suck a dick. I don't know who the French girl was that owns the theater. Oh, sweet shit. One of the greatest fucking performances. Amazing. She's amazing. Dude, who is that? The scene where they light the film on fire Uh, and her face comes up in the smoke uh, is one of the, with David Bowie playing in the background. Dude. One of the greatest fucking things that's ever happened in cinema. Jew bear. Inglorious Bastards. 100 100% in the last 20. I have no we can, ar- we can argue about his best film, but in the last 20, no question. It's not as entertaining as a pulp fiction or a Jackie Brown or a, a Reservoir Dogs or even a Kill Bill. Those are entertaining movies. This movie we can fight about that later. Is perfection. we don't have time. It's perfection. Okay. It is a beautiful movie. It is so fucking <laughs> okay. good. I've got I've got two more movies. Okay. Is that cool? That's fine. All right. I'm going to blow through these, and they're both in the same genre. I have one more, so I'll good. No, no, no. I'm going to go one, one, one. Cool. I'm going to go the last two in my my list are a genre horrors. So there's one that is created a sense of dread and displacement that is... I don't know how to feel about it when I watch it because there are overtones of weird children relationship is let the right one in. Thank you. Um, I struggled with that one. It's the only horror movie I've ever seen post Hitchcock that relied on literally zero gore. Yep. It was implications and uncomfortability set in a landscape of a Norwegian blight of white and beige. And it was so monochrome. It was so dulled and weird. And the story, the premise of the story itself was so strange. But the children actors in it were some of the best best children actors I've ever seen in my life. Yes. Um, it, it gave you a sense of dread and fear and sadness and longing and understanding. Like you literally related to the 
a fucking antagonist in this story. You grew to love them and wanted them to win. Such a good really wasn't it. That is Wasn't what it, it is. It's so longing. when you find out the twist in the no, end, it's about loneliness. It's sad. It's about loneliness, and you put that against a backdrop of a Norwegian winter. It. I'm not saying this is something you want to put on before you go to a party, but <laughs> it is so well shot. Ugh, and yeah. the cinematography in this and the acting in this, it is truly something that had never been done before. Agreed. In my opinion. Wow. That, yeah. You kind of killed it with that. That that I love that movie more than Fuck. I can even begin to explain. See, and this is the beauty of lists like this. We can talk about movies we love, and every time Bobby brings up one or I bring up one, we're like, Fuck, dude. Yeah. You're right. I should have said that one. It's a fabulous movie. This is, but no, this is the beauty of doing this because... We're missing a hundred movies we forgot. Of, of course. So we could write this list every six months. And I'm going to have to, I'll have to interject a call to arms in the middle of this somewhere. I know, buddy. Because um, we have not taken a break. And we're we, okay. We're going to get through this and then take a break. I, we're done after this. Are you we're sure? at an hour and a half, bub. All right. We've well, we done a podcast, my friend. We've done yeoman's work. I'm still going to get two in. Okay. No, of course. Um, I will give my last film. Yes. And I rewatched this two nights ago with a friend of mine, and she had never seen it. And I watched it again with fresh eyes, and I realized that I think maybe this is the movie I love. I, I love this movie. Okay. And it came out of nowhere. It's from Martin McDonough, who is a like fucking Irish playwright. And who's still doing great films. This is in Bruges. In Bruges. With fucking Colin Farrell so good, and dude. Brendan McGleason it's and fucking so uh, Ray Fiennes. God damn. It is so fucking good. It's good. I mean, when you watch this movie, you're just like, "That's a, yeah, this is good. But Like, this is good. You talk about heartwarming, but tragic. Tragic. And isolating. And by the way... Hilarious, funny as shit. It is, but so Irish funny, fucking funny. But Irish funny. Oh yeah, sad funny, sad funny clown. I almost wish Colin Farrell would have retired after, after this movie. Nah, because I'm like, are you ever going to do anything remotely this good? But Apparently, that new movie I haven't I seen yet. Am going. This is Friday. And I have seen. I I have it too. The Banshees of Inarition. I'm going to see that. I have it. I Let's just got it. Reconvene it's on the server. We're because gonna reconvene. They might be two really good actors. I've heard it's preposterously good. Okay. In Maybe Bruges we'll... is ostensibly a gangster movie set in <laughs> kind of this fairyland <laughs> idyllic little city in Belgium called Bruges. Yeah. And it's mostly Colin Farrell just pissing and moaning about being in Bruges. Yeah. Not knowing the true gravity of, of what his situation what his situation is. is, and then it gets into subject matter that is so dark and so weirdly beautiful. Like it, it touches on grief. Yeah, it touches on brotherhood. It touches on friendship. It touches. I always got a bit of isolation from that. Uh, uh, a bit of loneliness and isolation yeah, of was feels paramount in that film. 
Plus, you get to see Colin Farrell just yell at a fat American family. Oh, it's great. Which is one oh, of the funniest fucking scenes. Worth the price of admission. <laughs> it is amazing. Yes, sir. <laughs> He's literally trying to be sweet and talk this fat American family out of walking <laughs> up the clock tower. Yeah. Because the stairs are really steep and narrow. <laughs> And he's like, look, I'm not trying to be funny. Yeah. <laughs> You'll die. You, you will die. You'll yeah. die. It's so fucking good. I, it's, I that's love That's such Bruges. a great pull, Bobby. I, God, love, I that, love that movie. I love that movie so fucking it's much. It's so obscure and worthy to be seen by all of you dickheads out there. Brendan Gleeson, if you've never, if you can't place him, if you've ever seen a movie, he's the fat redheaded guy. He's usually a gangster. Because he's in most of those movies. He's usually a gangster. Um, I Let's think be honest. Braveheart was probably the first time we noticed he him. He had a beard. He was amazing in Braveheart. He was amazing. He Gangs was a guy. York. Hey, listen. Let's let's backtrack to uh, 28 Days Later. He's the guy that oh. got the blood drop in his eye. He's the father. He's the dad that... Oh, God, it was so tragic. Um, he's amazing. Last hey. but not least... I've got two. I got a quick honorable mention, and then we're out. I've got one, which is Change the Vampire Game Forever, was a graphic novel, which holds up to this day, frightening as fuck, created a new universe for vampires, was 30 Days of Night. If you haven't watched that, and you're a fan of horror, 30 Days of Night is frightening, and also changed... The mythos of vampires. It turned them into something else. And I appreciated it. Actually, Hartnett is great in it. The guys that played the vampires are fucking disturbingly um, amazing. They have their own language. They look different. Um, It was frightening for me when I saw that the first time. 30 Days a Night is just a frightening vampire movie that has never been done before. So... I, I'll throw that out there, and I know that's a bad pull for my 10. Not but at all. I don't give a fuck. That's solid. What's your last? Last but not least, best remake in the last 20 years, Evil Dead. Oh, we could talk about that for a second. Best remake in 20 years. So in a world glutted with horror remakes, remakes Evil, Evil Dead, Dead, not even close. Weirdly overlooked, but Fetty Alvarez... Fuck. Crushed this fucking movie. How Crushed fucking... Sc- this Evil Dead's way more scary than the first one. So fucking scary. But I don't think that was the point. I think they knew they wanted to be scary without the comedy. And it was terrifying. And the gore quotient of practical oh, effects Jesus. that they brought... Dude. The eye... The eye is phenomenal. That's all you got to see. The tongue, not the is movie. Phenomenal. The arm, the eye. Oh is my phenomenal. god. Phenomenal. Oh fuck. Those off. are all practical effects. They barely use CGI in this Gorgeous. movie at all. Gorgeous. They frightening. Had like three or four tanker trucks of fake blood. blood. Yeah, literally. And they used it. Literally. It is. If fucking... you haven't seen the remake of Evil Dead, for you oh. gore horrors, twenty. 13, yeah, maybe, ish, 2012? Ish. Yeah. Um, worth every second of your attention. That is an amazing pull. Yeah. So that you my, had a, That was my remake pull. You got an honorable it. mention. I'll do one real quick one before we go do what we do. Yeah. Um, one movie that I, I've had at number 11 on and off this list. 
Are we doing it? I no. no. I don't think you know what I'm going to say. I do. Oh, okay. Taylor Sheridan is a filmmaker that's having a moment right now. He has, I don't know, four fucking series on fucking TV right now. He's got Yellowstone, 1883. The new one is 1923. He likes numbers. And then uh, Tulsa King. Which is dog shit. And he had the, I haven't seen it. It's, don't watch it. And they had the other Yellowstone's one with, Yellowstone's uh, great. He had the other one with Hawkeye in the prison or whatever, but um, I can't remember that one. But um, he's had like okay. five okay. major okay. fucking shows. Okay. He did a film called Hell or High Water, which I think is an American classic and should be held up as such. Jeff Bridges, Ben Foster. Ben Foster. Chris Pine. I keep talking about Ben Foster, man. Ben Foster is somebody you can come back to. Like, He's one of those actors, dude. Well, is it going to take him getting to 60 before Probably. he starts fucking getting game? And honestly... Because Ben Foster has been a great actor for 30 years. I would argue Nobody that, knows who he is. I would argue that Chris Pine probably should nominated for Best Actor for that movie. I think he was absolutely fucking perfect. He was. He that movie is very underrated. Not a lot of people know about Hell or High Water. I've been a Ben Foster fan since his inception. Oh yeah, he was great in Alpha Dog. He oh my was god, in, yeah. Uh, like he's um, one of those three ten to Yuma. Three ten to Yuma. He's been these one of these weird little actors, dude. Going back to what I said, how about this circle back? Thirty days of night. He's in that. He played the kid that was locked in the jail. Yep. Unbelievable. He's the catalyst of the whole of the whole fucking vampire apocalypse. Yeah, love it. Anyway, great actor. Good call, guys. We are at an hour and thirty. Normally, at this time, we would be treating you to our wisdom, but we're gonna ten ninety nine and come back. We're gonna ten ninety nine and come back for a second because I got to tinkle. Pretty bad. Oh my god, I'm dying. <laughs> chilly chills. Chilly well, chills. It is cold. It is so fucking cold. It is cold. so fucking cold. Right? Jesus Christ. <laughs> Not in Cloud City. I might just sleep here. I'm saying for everybody outside of Cloud City, you're cold right now. We walked outside to have a, uh, a moment, a break, and uh, <laughs> a tete a tete. And holy shit, it is so cold. My fingers are not working. God damn. Well, it's been a long time coming. You could pull a sick stranger. Yeah. (laughs) No, I'm not touching my dick. I'm not touching my dick right now. (laughs) No, thanks. It will never forgive me. Yeah. Guys, reach out to the Whiskey Reel. 970-426-5344. 970-426-5344. Jack Frost is nipping at your balls. We love you so much. Yeah. 970-426-5344. Please give us some feedback, especially on an episode like this. We would love to hear your list, your input, any movies that you feel like we've missed. What have we overlooked? What have we fucked up? Because we're prone to fuck-ups. Yeah. As it, as it were, whiskeyreal at gmail.com. You can send us some email. We're on all the socials, of course. The s- truth central. The truth centrals is yeah. uh, where we live. Where we live. Hey, buddy. Yeah. We're going to make this so quick. We're going to make this so quick. <laughs> Everybody's so cold. Yeah. We're freezing. We're dying. Well, first and foremost, 
I'll hit my pearls of wisdom. My wisdom. What's your pearls of wisdom? My wisdom. Um, I will say this, and I'll make it relatively short. Never take the first offer. Whether it's a vehicle, a home, a person, a job. Never take the first offer. It's restrain yourself. If you get something that's super sexy up front, stop and breathe. Wonder why it's so amazingly sexy up front. There might be a couple things you've overlooked. Don't take the first offer ever. I like that. Yeah. Simple, concise. Thank you. I'll make mine likewise. Okay. Um, As we approach the end of the year, and maybe I'm blowing my load too early, but we're approaching the holidays. We're approaching a new year in our lives as we do so. Enjoy the people that you have in front of you. Do not worry about the people that you probably should put behind you. Yeah. And I don't give a fuck if they're your family. I don't give a fuck if they're just an ex or someone that you feel like should be a part of your life. There's a reason they're not a part of your life. Right. And I'm dealing with that pretty consistently. (laughs) And (laughs) you're dealing that like to the point where it's, overwhelming it's overwhelming yeah and i don't i don't want to talk shit about family or anything like that but i will say this but you could i definitely could (laughs) i've had some conversations with people in my life lately that have led me to believe that i've actually been right the whole fucking time (laughs) and there's a reason these people are not a part of my situation and i don't talk to them every day and I don't have them as a part of my life because they don't give a shit about being a part of my life. Right. So why am I fretting and troubling myself to have them be a part of my life? It's okay to let go. Second turn. Hang on tightly. Let go lightly and move on with your life. An incredibly important phrase that we should all think about in these days And Bobby, when I say it, you can join me. Okay. Two bees in a bucket. Mother, 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 fuck it. it. You can either flave, flave it, (laughs) or you can chuck, chuck, chuck 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 it. it.